Good evening. This is Talking Sports with Evan. It's a Wednesday before Thanksgiving edition of Talking Sports with Evan. Took last week off. Uh, decided I wanted to save my voice for the um, trip to Madison I was taking last Friday to call the WIA Division One state championship game between the Marquette Hilltoppers and the Franklin Sabres, which the Hilltoppers ended up getting the victory. Um, it was very fun, uh, exciting experience to call the Marquette Hilltopper games all season long and uh, watching them and getting them, uh, seeing them uh, in Madison to win the state title, the first one since 2009. But like I said last week, Decided wanted to rest my voice a little bit for that. Why I didn't do a live show last week, but I am back today. I'm going to do a Packer recap from their win over the Chargers. Uh, exciting win, 23-20. Offense still would be nice if they put more points on the board, but overall the offense answered the test and probably playing their best all-around performance. Uh I should say their best passing performance all season long. Jordan Love going 27 of 40 for 322. First Packer quarterback going through 300 yards since the end of the 2021 season. No, uh, Aaron Rodgers did not hit 300 once last year, and Jordan Love had not hit 300 yet uh, this season. Passing game, like I said, very good. I was very impressed with what I saw with the passing game, and the ball got spread around quite a bit. Ten different receivers with a catch. Should have wrote that down before the show, but didn't really realize it until I pulled the stats up in front of me. But we had ten different receivers with at least one catch. And the two that really stand out to me is the rookies, Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. Tucker Craft had a nice catch and run. Luke Musgrave had a couple nice plays in that game. And Romeo Dobbs at the game-winning touchdown reception. I'm very happy with what I've seen from the offense and from Jordan Love the last several weeks. And if you're not going to say over the course of the last three weeks that Jordan Love has taken a step forward, you're not looking for it, ultimately. You're looking for his quote-unquote failings rather than looking at the game objectively. You're, you're looking at plays and situations to fit your narrative. He had two bad throws against Pittsburgh that resulted in interceptions. Missed a couple play, uh, guys just, uh, just barely against Pittsburgh. And missed a couple throws with the Rebs. Uh, yeah, we wish we could have back. And then the same against the Chargers. But overall, Jordan Love, to me, has gotten better as the weeks have gone by. He looks more confident. He looks more poised. He looks like he believes he can make all throws. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Jordan Love's productivity and his poise have gotten better as Jaden Reed and uh, Jaden Reed and Dontravian Wicks have become more of a focal point in the offense. They look more comfortable playing the offensive position of football. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think the two are mirroring each other side by side that the better those two players play, 
the more confident Jordan Love is getting. And I think I think we saw early on the season in spurts where Love is playing against the he's playing with, I mean, a very inexperienced group, and the group looks inexperienced, making rookie mistakes, running wrong routes, not being in the right spot. And it, as the season has gone on, we uh, we have seen Jordan Love seem a lot more comfortable as the young guys around him has gotten more comfortable as well. I think that's important to note and important to mention is that as the those two receivers in particular and uh, Luke Musgrave as well have really started to play much better the second half of the season, I guess we'll call it. Jordan Love's numbers are getting better, and the offense is running more product, running more productive. I still think uh, Goody made a mistake by not having more around your first year starting quarterback, and we had to live, and we're still going to live through growing pains still, because teams are going to scout breakdown film, try to take away what the Packers have been doing and force the Packers to adjust to the adjustments. And this is what I've been was saying prior to the season. This is what I've been saying during the season. The win it's not about wins and losses this year, although the wins are quite nice when we do win. Feels good to beat the Chargers. It felt good to beat the Rams. It's always good to beat the Bears. And you know, we beat the Saint came back to beat the Saints after playing bad most of that game. But it's about the process. It's about guys getting comfortable, expanding, learning their roles, and getting better week in, week out. And we're starting to see that finally. We're starting to see that in Reed and Wicks finally grow, develop, and get better week to week to week. It'd be nice if Christian Watson could... uh, show some of the potential he showed last year, but it clearly has not been a great season for Christian Watson. Had a nice touchdown catch against the Chargers. Uh, great great play, great route, great throw, and all three together led to a touchdown uh, to put the Packers up at that point, and then they needed uh, they missed the extra point, of, of course, uh, but then they made the touchdown uh, late in the game to get up 23-20. Be nice to see Watson start making some plays again. I, and it'd be nice if Jordan Love can get that deep ball a little bit better. It's very inconsistent, and he he still tends to put too much air under it, and it just kind of hangs up there in the air, and the defender is able to recover and make a play on it. Rather have him put a little bit more of a rope on it. Would have loved to see that on his pass to Luke Musgrave. That if Musgrave doesn't fall down, it would likely go to six. So. Saw a lot of positivity against the Chargers offensively. Um, And they finished. Two weeks in a row, they had a chance to win the game late. Sorry, two weeks ago, they had an opportunity to win the game late. Um, They've had that opportunity numerous times this season where they've had a chance to win it late. And they fall short. They finally finished it. They finally closed it out. And the offensive line, especially Elton Jenkins, finally being healthy. Elton Jenkins and Zach Tom have looked very good uh, this entire season. 
Unfortunately, some of the other guys out there have not. The negatives for the game, I think, is pretty simple. Defense. The defense got shredded. Yes, they only gave up 20 points, and I know that's something a lot of people are harping on, that, oh, the defense isn't playing great. They're not giving up a lot of points. But the Chargers dominated the Packers' defense. They just didn't finish it where it counted most, and that was putting the ball in the end zone. They had 394 yards of total offense, 244 through the air, 150 on the ground, averaging 6.4 yards per play. That's not good. That That is not good at all. Um, they ran a total of 62 plays, only had to punt three times. The issue the Chargers had is... You had receivers like Keenan Allen had a couple big drops. One of them uh, would have been a touchdown for sure. Quinton Johnson dropping a uh, pass on the final possession of the game that would have at worst put them in field goal range. If he's able to turn up field and run, he's gone. And they had a fumble inside the five-yard line that the Packers recovered. The Chargers shot themselves in the foot repeatedly, and that's ultimately the only reason why the Packers were able to win this game because defensively, they did not look good. And the run defense, especially outside of Kenny Clark, did not play well. Um, The middle linebackers didn't play well at all. Devondre Campbell let a tight end get wide open and catch and run for a touchdown. You had... Quay Walker, who I, I'm still I'm high on Quay. I think he has the potential to be a very good um, linebacker in the NFL. I think he has all the the ability and the potential to be very good. The issue is is he plays indecisive sometimes, and I think part of that is him being a young guy still learning how to play linebacker in the NFL position. I think once he gets more reps under his belt and he's able to just play football instead of having to uh, overthink things, I think he'll be fine. But right now, he's inconsistent, and some games are better than others for him. And Sunday was not a good game for him, and it wasn't a good game for Isaiah McDuffie either. And it wasn't a good game for Wyatt. uh, Slayton had a couple nice plays overall, but... The Packers need to be better up front. Teams are going to run all over them and other teams. And if you catch the Chargers, I'm sure any other night, any other day, they'll make you pay. They just didn't play well in Green Bay and couldn't take advantage of the Packers defense, letting them uh, just completely dominate. I mean, get dominated. The Chargers couldn't take advantage of dominating the Packers defense. And the other negative, more injuries. Luke Musgrave is now on the IR. Um, That's not good, especially with the injury. Lacerated kidney, Emmanuel Wilson is now on the IR. Aaron Jones is likely out a couple weeks. He's week to week, it says, but he's out a couple weeks with a knee sprain. Dontravian Wicks is dealing with concussion and a knee. Um, Jaden Reed is dealing with a chest issue. Um, is what they say. Reed is expected to play. Wicks is questionable. But, you know, we'll see. A.J. Dillon's dealing with a groin issue. He'll be playing uh, more than likely. 
But then you got James Robinson, uh, who they brought back. He kind of him and uh, the other back they just signed probably feel like a yo-yo coming or going so much. But the injuries just keep piling up, and now they're playing a tough game in Detroit on Thanksgiving against the Lions, and a game that I don't see a lot of good coming out of this game. I the Lions are eight and two. The last couple times the Lions have played Green Bay, they've just dominated. I know score-wise, um, the end of the season last year, the score was close. Um, but last time the Packers played the Lions, for sure, the Lions just completely dominated and out-physicaled Green Bay. And that's been the biggest issue with Green Bay, especially when they play a team like the Lions. They just get out physical. They get beat at the line of scrimmage and just out physical and they don't respond well to being just completely out physical by their opponents. The Packers can win. Will they win? Uh, probably not. But the Packers can win, and here's how they can win this game. They have to establish the run. I, I, I don't think there's any way around it. The last time these two teams played, they seemed to have they lost 34 to 20, and it's like they had no interest. In establishing the run at all, they had 12. Uh, if you count two, two uh, runs from Love, where he had negative two yards, they had 12 rushing attempts. Five by Jones, five by Dylan. Jones had 18 yards. Dylan had 11 yards. They had no interest at all in that game to run the football whatsoever. And Jordan Love threw the ball 36 times with two interceptions, one of which. No, Romeo Dobbs should have stopped his route. Uh, I should say he he didn't stop his route where he should have, and he ran into the end zone, and Love put the ball where he thought Dobbs should be. But they, as I said, they should no, showed no interest in trying to run the football, and it just ultimately bit them in the butt because by the time they finally decided to maybe run the ball a little bit, it's now a 17-3 to game. And it doesn't look good for Green Bay. But if the Packers need to find a way to try to establish the run if they want to beat the Lions this week. Other way, Watson needs to show up. Christian Watson needs to show up and play better football because you're you're without um, you're without Aaron Jones, you're without Luke Musgrave. Wicks is dealing with concussion and a need. Not sure if he's playing or not tomorrow. You have Reed who's dealing with a chest injury who's going to play, but he might be limited. Christian Watson needs to step up. And he had the big breakout game last year. I forget exactly who it was against. But he had a huge breakout game where he seemed to finally figure, excuse me, he finally seemed to figure it out in the NFL. And then, uh, this year has not been good for Christian Watson, but he needs to really show up and be the Christian Watson that the Packers drafted him to be. They also need to defense needs to make stops. Got to they got to stop the run. The last time Detroit uh, played this team, the last time the Packers and Detroit played, they were able to pretty much run the ball at will. Back on September 28th, you had David Montgomery, 32 carries for 121 yards and three 
rushing touchdowns, and he also had two catches for 20 yards. And Gibbs had eight carries for 40 yards. And Khalif Raymond on a end around had one carry for 40. The Lions were able to do whatever they wanted on the ground, which then opened up the passing game a little bit. Golf ended with a 210 yards, a touchdown, and interception. Jared Goff is going to give you some passes that are potentially interceptable footballs. When he gives those to you, you got to take advantage of those. You you have to take advantage of the 50-50 balls that uh, Jared Goff is going to give you and make him pay. The Packers got one against Detroit the last time these teams played, but they were unable to finish the drive, and they had to settle for a field goal. Um. And Love needs to show, you know, and take that next step. He needs to be able to take that next step in his development and beat and play well against a very good defensive team. That's what we need to see. And as I said, can the Packers win? Yes. Will they? Probably not. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be pretty ugly. The car, the deck is just too stacked against Green Bay. And I'm guessing it's probably going to be a, a route. Well, if the Packers score 10 points, I will be quite surprised. Moving on, time to talk some baseball as I'm watching the Bucks game. And I'll talk about the Bucs in a, in a bit, um, but not looking good for the Bucs. And honestly, I don't feel the Bucs have uh, – I don't think the Bucs defense has an answer for anything on Boston's offense. I guess I'll talk about the Bucs right now. It's one game in November. At the end of the day, it's not going to mean much. And I keep looking over at my TV. It's not going to mean much. It's one game in November. Unfortunately, though, in order for the Bucks to beat Boston, offensively, they have to play well. And tonight, they're not. If they can, I, they can offensively, they can match Boston point for point. They got nobody who can stop anybody on Boston, unfortunately. Every, every player on the Celtics is a complete and utter mis- mismatch for anything the Bucs want to do defensively. Tatum can kill you. Brown will kill you. Pozingos will kill you. Holiday will kill you. They just don't have an answer for what the Celtics want to do offensively. They don't. That's just the reality of it. And it seems like every time the Bucs play Boston, Boston shoots ridiculous from the field. They can't miss at all. But with the Bucks, you too frequently have, and it's been the case when they've played Boston recently, they go ice cold, can't make shots, and Boston takes advantage of it. Dame Lillard had a horrible first half. Horrible. Seven points, shot horrible. Giannis had double digits, but shot horrible. Chris Middleton shot horrible. The only chance, you know, the only chance the Bucks have. And beating Boston in the playoffs is the offense has to come to play. Boston's not doing anything defensively that makes me worried. The problem is the Bucs aren't making shots. And you're not going to be able to stop Boston. You got to be able to answer offensively and get on runs offensively and slow them, you know, at least attempt to slow them down a little bit when you, when Boston's on offense. And today they can't. And it's just because they're outmatched. Boston has too much offensive firepower, and they just need to find other ways to potentially go up against the um, the Celtics. 
today I'm chalking up as a loss. I know it's still a lot of basketball left, but they're not winning tonight. They can't. I don't think they're going to get enough stops to win tonight. They're down 84-70 in the third quarter, and the the, uh, the first quarter the Bucks got a score 29-17. It's been pretty close after that. They lost the second quarter 36-38, and right now in the third quarter they're 17. 17 all in the third quarter. The Bucks need stops. They need to make stops in order to uh, cut this lead down to have a chance to win it in the fourth. And I I just don't feel the Bucks have enough defense against this Boston team to come up with enough stops to to win this game. I just don't feel they do. But it's one game in November. It's not going to mean anything um, several several weeks from now, several months from now. It's not going to mean anything. But for one night in November, it doesn't look good for Milwaukee. Nice little alley-oop to between Giannis uh, and, and Dame, I believe. Giannis with the dunk. Good, uh, good offense to see there, but we just need to get stops, and they can't. And they they score on a nice little alley oop to make it eighty to sixty eight, and Boston comes down and scores easily on the other side. They just don't have enough defense to get enough stops against Boston. They just don't. Um, Pack uh, the Brewers named a new manager in Pat Murphy. I spent about a week, and now that I had a chance to think about it, it makes sense. You're you're likely going to be even younger in 2024 than you were in 2023. And Murphy's a guy that has experience working with young guys. He was a college coach um, for a number of years. He was a manager at Notre Dame and at San Diego State, I believe. And he he's been around young guys. He knows he knows how to reach them, knows how to interact with them, knows how to get them uh, up and ready to go. So I, I get it. I understand it. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of it when they first gave the job to him, but I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that the. Ricky Weeks is clearly the manager and waiting for the fact that um, they make him the associate manager, and I think they're going to do everything they can in order to get him the job. And then, unfortunately, last week, they non-tender Brandon Woodworth, and it sucks, but it makes sense. He's not going to pitch in 2024. He may not pitch again. Do you really want to tender him and pay him around 15 16 million after arbitration to basically just rehab and then he leaves in free agency do you really want to do that to me the answer is no do you then sign a short-term extension with him and hope that he could come back and be the same pitcher he was the problem is the injury woody has there's no guarantee he's ever going to be able to pitch in a big league game again there's unfortunately no guarantee it, the Brewers did the right thing. I know it's e- it's easy to to get mad and blame and 
yell at Mark Antanasio as being a cheap skate or cheap ass and things like that. But at the end of the day, they they had to. They they had to they had to non-tender him because you're going to be paying a lot of money for a pitcher that's not going to throw a baseball for you probably ever again. So you non-tender him, you keep the door open for him coming back once he rehabs and healed, maybe you get him on a one-year prove-it deal and see what you have. But unfortunately, we just don't know about don't know enough about the particular shoulder injury that he had to know if he would be able to pitch at a high level, let alone pitch again. So, Badgers. Year one of Fickle, one game left. Minnesota Gophers uh, this coming Saturday for the Axe, and the uh, the Badgers are bowl eligible once again for the 22nd or 23rd year in a row. And there's some concerns and things that I have in regards to to the uh, Giannis and Griffin going added a little bit there. That's not, that's interesting. Giannis obviously didn't like something Griffin said or vice versa. So kind of something to keep an eye on, I guess. I'm sure the national media will overreact to the conversation between the two like they love doing. But back to the Badgers, it's been a very disappointing season. I think we all were expecting better play from the Badgers this season. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened. It's going to take a little longer for it's going to take a little longer for the uh, for Fico to really instill what he wants to instill and do what he wants to do at Wisconsin. It's going to unfortunately take a little bit longer for that to happen. But the concerns and issues I really have at this moment for the Badgers, and it's something they do need to figure out is the slow starts. They start slow, dig themselves in a hole, then they have to try to come back in the second half and dig their way out of it. Unfortunately, a lot of times this season, it's been too little, too late. But that's the biggest thing I need to see Wisconsin figure out and work out, is this slow, slow start. That's the only concern I really have for Luke Fickle. I feel that it's becoming commonplace, common knowledge for the for the uh, team to start slow and then have to figure it out and whatnot. So, and I guess I don't have time to talk Survivor Series. I was going to a little bit, um, but my computer's not going to make it. So with that said, I will have a uh, recap, week uh, weekend recap show on uh, Monday or Tuesday of next week. And, uh, will potentially recap the Packer-Lions game shortly after the final whistle and give you my immediate thoughts on the Thanksgiving game. With that said, hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy whatever you're doing, be it time with family or loved ones or friends or whatever. And with that said, I'll get back at you likely tomorrow for sure next week. Talk to you all later, everybody.